0: Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
1: This is Ace Cast Live. Your comprehensive look at the Oakland Athletics. Field deep. Bam going back,
2: looking up. He will watch it fly. And 29 other MLB clubs. 2-2 pitch on Trout and he blasts
3: one. Way
0: back. It's one out. Pete oh, so He's your home run derby champion.
1: Join us as we take you inside the baseball universe. From spin rate to juiced balls to game-changing moments, we have you covered. Spend your afternoon with us next from the town, only on A's Cast Live.
0: A's Cast Live.
1: Here's Chris Townsend.
0: How is everybody doing? We're getting you ready for a little A's baseball game, too, between the Athletics and the Texas Rangers. And, you know, one thing that really needs to change coming up here is how well the A's play in division. Because right now, being 15 and 16 in division, and I don't want to hear about the start anymore. That was so long ago where they come out and struggle against the Astros. Well, since then, they haven't been great in division either. And if you want to win your division, you better be good in your division. And you know when it starts? It starts right now. No more excuses. I mean, you should be beating the Texas Rangers on a regular basis. It's bad enough that at their yard, you, you, you split a four-game set. Now you got to win two in a row just to take the series. These guys stink. These guys have quit. What are we talking about here? And it was a nice comeback yesterday for the Athletics. But something that, you know, we keep track of, and somebody asked, it was Chris from West Oakland, friend of the program, he asked, hey, how many of these home runs are solo? Have you not updated the playbook? It's updated. I did it last night. No, 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 no. Because they had three last night. Does that make, Are you? did you update it? Because they had three solos last night.
3: Yeah, they had 99 home runs going into the game last night.
0: Okay, so I gave wrong information. Well, I don't know. You had this already.
3: Yeah, I they, they had 99 going into last night and I updated it as soon as the game ended. I uh, as the game ended, I updated it to 102. They've 68 but solo I home runs. But I was
0: using the playbook in the post game which wouldn't have been updated and they had 102. No, they had 102.
3: I updated it as the game ended. Oh, no, I had the paper part of oh, the that, playbook. Yeah, that was at
0: 99. Because I printed it out during, before the game yesterday. So, I gave out misinformation last night. I said it was 105 home runs. But out of the 102 home runs. 68 s- are solo. 68 are solo. Yeah, three of them were last night were solo. Now, the question is, and by the way, hello, Commander Cody. Um, the question is, is that the norm or is that an oddity? Is that most teams? Are most teams home runs? I mean, because a good majority of the A's home runs, if you're going to be a team that live and dies basically on the home run and you hit a majority of solo home runs, that's not a great trait. So I wonder, is that more the norm or is this something that looking at the A's going, well, this is kind of, this is an odd situation to where this season, majority of the balls that are going out are solo shots. I don't know the answer to that. I know you probably don't have the answer to that.
3: Okay, Actually, I have the answer. You want to know who leads the league in solo home runs? It's not the ace. Who is it? Be the New York Yankees at 70, followed by the Toronto Blue Jays at 70. And then the Minnesota Twins with 68 with the ace, also at 68. And the Anaheim Angels somehow with 68 solo home runs as well.
0: So then it actually is more towards the norm then. Yeah. I mean, I guess it's harder harder to hit home runs with guys on base, but you know, the A's gotta figure out they gotta figure out some consistency. Cause you start to look, I mean, they've lost three of four, seven of their last ten. Now, you don't panic. The record is still pretty good when you look at forty-seven and thirty-four. You've had an opportunity to gain some ground on the Houston Astros, who I think you know, we just look around and, and there's nobody no, nobody's got a complete squad. Their bullpen stinks. Well, I well, they got hammered last night. They've lost two straight to the Baltimore Orioles at home. They split with the Tigers in Detroit. So, I think it's just when you start looking at the American League, you know, the Chicago White Sox are just 3 and 7 in their last 10. You know, everybody's panicking in New York. They're 41 and 38. The Buffalo Jays are 41 and 36. Tampa, who was so hot, they're now 47 and 33. Same amount of wins as the Athletics, and well, now and now leading the East is Boston at 49 and 31. But I think you just look around the American League, I, everybody's got warts. It's just a reality. No,
3: is, is that is those standings updated? Did you just update because the J, the Rays were winning against? It didn't really matter, but they were winning against uh, Kyle Schwarber, who did not homer today. Shuck out three times. Yeah. Now these are updated. Okay. As Trey Turner hit for the cycle for the third time in his career. But, yeah. The, don't the,
0: tell Vince Catronio, He thinks that's overrated.
3: Um, but yeah. The, the Rays, uh, you know, carried by their bullpen because uh, they don't have glass now. They have how many star- – they, they really don't have any starting pitching right now through the Rays. Uh, they got McClanahan. That's really about – Rich Hill who got roughed up yesterday by Schwarber and Juan Soto and others. They, they need a pitcher. You're right. There's not really a complete team. The Dodgers are starting to play well again. But you got the looming Trevor Bauer allegations going on now. And, you know, they took both games against the Giants in, in L.A. But And San Diego's starting to play well, too. But they're so streaky. And that division, they're going to start feeding on the Rockies, who almost had a no-hitter last night. Thank you, Kai Tom, for breaking up the no-hitter in the ninth inning.
0: So Hideo Nomo is still the only pitcher ever to throw a no-hitter at Coors Field. I got, you know, if Canley Jansen is starting to throw the ball better, then if you are going to look at maybe one complete team with all the relievers that they have in front of him and everybody throws gas, then all of a sudden you're starting to look at the Dodgers as really the only complete team. If they have Jansen, whose velocity is back up, I guess his spin rate is better. His slide, his his cutter is starting to cut like it used to. I mean, the Dodgers would be the only team in baseball who you'd say would be somewhat of a complete team.
3: Well, way to go on a limb there, say the Dodgers are the most complete. are right.
0: Well, Canley Jansen <laughs> yeah. makes the difference because yeah, you're right. I mean, they have all the talent in the world. You know, I mean, now that Bellinger is back, I mean, I mean, he recently just hit the walk off home run when he came back. He won yesterday too. So it's 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 one of those deals where, their are one weakness, you know, because it was like, well, who's it going to be? Is it going to be Gratterall? There's closer. Joe Kelly. Yeah, with well, Joe Kelly throwing the ball well again. And Blake David, Tr- Blake Trinan. Yeah, Trinan. Today's his birthday. Happy birthday, Blake Trinan. So I mean, the fact that, you know, if Canley Jansen returns, because you know what the Mad Dog say to us here, Mad Dog Chris Russo is like. Uh, they're going to either go get somebody or somebody from their starting rotation will be their closer. I don't know if that's the case anymore. So, once again, back to the point, we can sit here and pick apart the A's. We can pick apart just about every single team. And they, but you have to get better in division. I mean, they've dropped three of five meetings against the Rangers. That's just That's just not getting it done. And today... You know, you got the guy you want on the mound. You got Chris Bassett. You know, Bassett, you know what, let's see. We're almost in July, so what, he'll have this start and another start before the All-Star
3: break? Yeah, he's what? won, he's won eight straight decisions after starting year 0-2. I mean, that's pretty impressive.
0: He's been absolutely fabulous, and it's been a lot of fun to watch, to watch him blossom into, as some people try and say, well, he's the A's ace now.
3: Slow down. That's like, that's like when I heard someone say Anthony DiScalfani is an ace for the Giants. Why? Because he's having a good half of the season. He's an ace Slow all of a sudden. Slow down.
0: But Bassey, as we like to call him here on A's Cast Live, is 8-0 with a 2.95 ERA in his last 14 starts. The A's have won 12 of those 14 starts. Well, if you ever want to be considered an ace, you got to stop the bleeding. The stopper. And, and right now there's no question that they're hemorrhaging a little bit. And a lot has to do with the bullpen. And we talk about it here on A's Cast Live. We talk about it on the A's Clubhouse show. Everybody refers back to the bullpen. But knowing that the A's have lost 7 of 10 during that time, the bullpen has been horrific. and 3 with a 6.39 ERA. That's 18 earned runs. And twenty-five and a third. It's been bad, and you know it's going to take a while before you can get some deals going. And you know, a a real question is who do the who do the A's have that they're going to be willing to give up for a couple quality arms? You know, I don't think you're going to mortgage your future like a Nick Allen who's going to Tokyo to represent our country in the Olympics, which, by the way, how cool. I I, I know they're talking about this is going to be the no fun Olympics. Everybody's going to be in a bubble, and and I get it. Everybody tries, you know, we need everybody to to stay safe. But, you know, you're going to be playing in the Olympics in a country where they love baseball. You know, because there's a lot of countries you could play in where people in the stands are looking around going, I have no idea what this game is all about. Right, but not in Japan. I think playing Olympic baseball in Tokyo is going to be incredible for Nick Allen. but there's only a few chips that the A's have. What are Billy and David going to be willing to do to go out and help this bullpen not knowing you know when Trevor Rosenthal is going to be back if he's even going to be back at all? how much are you going to be able or or of your top pieces? What are you going to be willing to give up to help this bullpen? Because right now, other than Lou Trevino, who do you trust? It's a good question. Uh, I mean, you're
3: hoping you can trust J.B. Wendelkin now that he's back, but he's had he's been out for what essentially two, almost two months, and he's and he's back. But you want to hope you can trust him. He's a high-velocity guy. But I mean, other than that, I mean, Trevino's pitched great. You know, fellow PSAC guys. Other than yeah, Trevino. You can't, you can't really trust anyone else. Who do you trust? You got, you got a lot of guys that don't throw hard, and that's not playing in Major League Baseball anymore. It's unfortunate, but it's how it, the game's going. It's nothing against, you know, Sergio Romo or, or Yasmero Petit, but these guys, don't. they're not high-velocity guys. And how many guys do we see coming out of bullpens that are throwing? 95-plus.
0: Well... I had a guy last night go, hey, why didn't you throw Trevino in the ninth inning so you don't give up that two-run shot, and then you're so low home. I'm like, you want to bring in your closer in a game that you're losing? I mean, what do you – I mean, and to say closer, I mean, I mean he's getting saved, so yeah. he is the guy. But, I mean, come on, people. You, 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 get, you got one weapon, you want to use them every game, even in games at, where the team is losing? That's a problem. I mean, when when your fan base thinks you only have one guy. Because if you're Bob Melvin and you look down there, what do you do? I mean, went to Acevedo last night. Solak hit the very rare, something you, I mean, talk about rare. I mean, how often do you see a right-handed guy or a left-handed guy? We've seen Mitch Moreland do it earlier this year. But to watch a guy go oppo-jack down the line, that's just something you don't see a lot. Here at this ballpark, especially at night. Not saying that it's huge dimensions when you go down the line. It's three thirty down the right field line, three three thirty down the left field line, but right down the line, Oppo Taco is not something that you see a lot. So kind of unlucky. But Acevedo is just a guy you brought up, and you know that that's I, I feel bad for Bob. And unless you're going to get a Cole Irvin like start. I mean, Caprellian wasn't that bad. I mean, it was six innings and three runs, which, you know, you're gonna give him the quality start. But if your starter's gonna go six or five innings, I don't know how you I don't know how you get games to the house right now. Once again, during the span of ten games, 0 3 with a six point three nine ERA for the bullpen. That's that's bad. And so if you're Bob Melvin and a Frankie Montas only goes five innings, and I now got to get four? How am I going to get the four? And I don't know what, what, what you know, what do you got at AAA? I mean, Bill Moriarty came on yesterday, talked about how, let's face it, Jesus Cesardo has not been good so far, and he's been wild. And Jake Diekman has been wild, and you start to wonder. Remember what we said about the foreign substances? Ever since the ban, you are now going to look at guys' track records for the next couple of weeks. What's it going to look like? What's their spin rates going to be like? Are they going to be down? What's their control going to be like? I'm not accusing anybody of anything because I said things might change for you and you've been clean the whole time, but you may get lumped into these guys who are, were looking at their velocity, we're looking at their spin rates. And if things have changed, people are going to go, up. Oh, he was a guy who was using it. He was a spider tack guy, or as we like to call him, a, a glue guy. Mike Farron is going to join us in moments. At 4.30, we'll sit down for a half hour with Ray Fossey. And then our man, Shooty Babbitt, is back from the weeds. And we'll talk to Shooty coming up here at 5 o'clock. But... He's one of the great hosts on MLB Radio on Sirius XM and also a great broadcaster for the Arizona Diamondbacks. Mike Farron is back with us. Mike, how are you? County, I'm great. It is good to be with you as always. We need bullpen help. Can you make that happen? <laughs> what do you want? What can I get you? I need a couple right-handers. can I get you? I need a couple right-handers that throw 100 miles an hour.
2: Ooh, that's a little bit of a stiffer test trying to find the hundred mile an hour guys that might be available. Let's see. If the Phillies slip, um, maybe it would cost a lot because he's controllable. But Connor Brogdon, has been up and down a little bit. I don't know. It's tough to find the hundred mile an hour guys. It's relatively easy to find bullpen help. I think.
0: Okay, I'll well, drop. I'll drop. I'll, I'll drop, it, I'll drop down to 96-97.
2: <laughs> There's a lot of guys that will throw 92 who will be available. Does that interest you at all?
0: No, we got those guys. That's the problem.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think, like, you know, the thing is, is that the time help for me with the with the the A's. More of it is from a depth standpoint, I think. Um, you know, especially with, you know, it certainly sounded like the last time I tried to Bob Melvin that. They were pretty optimistic about Trevor Rosenthal coming back and contributing before the end of the year. They'd be your guy that theoretically could throw 100, right? So that would help. Um, So I think certainly that's something that's easy for them to add. I do think that there's actually some offensive depth issues for teams that that they could address. And that to me would be a more glaring concern Um, than not not necessarily say it's a huge worry, but I think to me it would be a bigger deal than you know, trying to get a high-end reliever more than getting somebody that can uh, help.
0: Is it safe to say that the bottom line in the American League, nobody's a complete team? When you look up and down, where the you know, the White Sox have slipped a little, a little bit lately. Mm-hmm. Boston's come back as Tampa's fallen a little bit. Everybody's panicking in New York, obviously. But it just seems like even the Astros have struggled lately uh, and just lost two straight at home to Baltimore. Is it just safe to say there's not a complete team in the American League?
2: Yeah, I think it's a, I think it's a great point, and I think it's absolutely true. Houston might be the closest, but you know like their bullpen concerns to me are more significant than like what the A's have. Um, so that's an issue. You know, the White Sox have some serious offensive issues with three regulars that are on the injured list. And while Luis Robert and and, and Eloy Jimenez are both playing, you know, at the complex now and being able to get back into to some semblance of game action, they're still a ways away, and they're going to be without McMandrigal the the entirety of the the rest of the season. So there are issues there. Their bullpen hasn't been great. Um, you know, I think that there are some questions about offensive consistency with the Rays, although they certainly have a ton of pitching depth. The Red Sox have Red Sox had some bullpen issues and a fifth starter issue, although Chris Sale may alleviate some of that. So, yeah, you're right. I mean, there's nobody that's a complete team. It is wide open in the sense that you can if you can get to the tournament, you're in good shape. But there's really only what six or seven teams that you feel like have a very good chance of getting to the tournament. You know, I think in the end, one of those East teams that's in third or fourth, either the Blue Jays or the Yankees, by the time we get to, you know, July twenty fifth, is probably gonna be too far outside of the 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 wild card race, you to, to really be within shouting distance. And if that's the case, then you're really dealing with like four teams for two spots in a lot of respects, or you know, three spots if you want to consider you know, the A's and the astros, I think will be fairly close. So that that to me is a is kind of one of the things that I, I look at with this here, is That there's there are lines of delineation in there, but you're right that nobody is perfect.
0: You know, guys coming back from Ch- Tommy John, we've seen it so much. And the guy that we got going tonight, Chris Bassett, these guys have mm-hmm. setbacks, and then they start to worry. It's just it's not as easy as hey, have the surgery, get a new arm. But you bring up Chris Sale. If Chris Sale is able to come back. And be in that rotation, and be somewhat like Chris Sale. Wow, that that is huge for the Boston Red Sox.
2: Well, yeah, because the rotation has been, you know, I don't want to say great, but it's been pretty good. It's been middle of the pack. Their time has actually been very good this year, um, statistically. Although I, I think they could still use a little bit of help there. But but they're just kind of like a middle of the pack rotation with a glaring hole in the fifth spot because Garrett Richards hasn't pitched well. And so, like, that to me is just, even if it's not, you know, vintage Chris Sale, if it's pretty good Chris Sale, I think it's a huge upgrade for that spot. And that's something to keep in mind, too, is, and, and I think this applies to every team. Every fan wants that big move that's going to really get you jazzed about the pennant race. But incremental improvements can help a lot. And even if it's just a depth move, you know, I, one of my favorites is I covered the 2005 White Sox, and they, they were kind of shuffling in the second half after a fast start. And that team, the only move that they made of the deadline was acquiring Jeff Blum in a trade, right? Blumber. They ended up winning the division. They ended up winning the World Series. Blum, there's a statue of him now outside. Guaranteed <laughs> <laughs> Ray Mortgage Field for the, the home run he hit in the 14th inning of Game 3 of that World Series. But But I think it just kind of speaks to as much as we want to see the sexiest move, just making your roster better and deeper, I think is really important for any of those contending teams.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's at this time of the year, I mean, you like a flashy position player, but what you really need is bullpen help because starters don't go deep in the postseason. But the problem is everybody wants the same thing. So then it becomes, what what kind of market are we going to have? Is there going to be more sellers, or are there going to be more buyers?
2: I think that there are going to be more sellers than buyers this year. I think that's the way it's lining up. You know, really, the only team that has been aggressively taking calls has probably been the Diamondbacks to this point. I think Pittsburgh joins that pretty quickly because they have – two really intriguing guys in adam frazier who's having a terrific year as their second baseman and richard rodriguez who is a pretty good bullpen arm and a guy who throws hard and might fit that mold of the guys you were talking about so i think those are the teams that are probably most likely to move players quicker um but i do think that there are a lot of other teams that are going to be in the mix in those discussions as well and there just aren't that many teams in the end that are going to be competing for postseason birth so I guess that makes it a little bit more of a buyer's market in that sense. And maybe it makes sense for some buyer to try and jump the, the rest of the field. And generally that team's been the A's, right? Like there's plenty of times that the A's have been the first ones out of the shoot to make a move. And, you know, it's always real quiet. They do a good job of keeping things close to the vest. I'd love to see them be the first one out of the shoot again. because so As you know, it's a good enough team to win. They need some reinforcements in some spots and maybe it's not quite as deep in terms of, like, overall high-end talent as it was a year ago. But it's a team that has a chance to not just go to the playoffs, but potentially the World Series.
0: Well, speaking of our Diamondbacks, as Torrey Lavello, former Oakland A, we've been living and dying with with all of these losses on the road. But Commander Cody is a little bit upset. Cody, um, will you tell Mr. Fern how upset you are? I mean, we, we,
3: we send you a text on congratulations that the, the, the losing streak's over, and you, you, you ghost us. I
2: mean,
0: we are popping champagne.
2: I did. Yeah, I did. I ghosted you. Because there's nothing like being congratulated on having your team staff a 24-game losing streak.
0: <laughs> that was, I mean, ha- I mean what, what? I don't know what that, what was it you like? You thought
2: it was rough. You didn't have the limit. <laughs>
0: <laughs> after every single game. I mean, if I was coming on after those games, I'd be, I I mean, you'd have to talk me off the ledge.
2: Let, let me give you, this is this is the thing that's maybe the most incredible about this. They just wrapped up a 3-24 and 24 June, right? Which is the worst month in the history of baseball. I think regardless of what month it is. At the end point, they won a game against Washington uh, homesteading in May and put them at 18-22, and 22, which is a great record. And, you know, they started their first 28 games over 500, but you're quarter all the way through the season, you're like, well, you know, you're not without hope with four games under, right? They've won four games since then, and it's really been remarkable because this team, from a talent level, should not be this bad. But for whatever reason, it's something different every night. One night, it's the starting pitching. The next night, it's the offense the next night it's the defense the next night it's the base running it's just they've never been able to think up consistently a good starting pitching with a good offensive performance um you know a good defensive performance everything they need to win a game and it, it's it's been really tough because of that because it's just like you feel like the you're you're flipping heads or, or tail and it keeps coming up tails every single time like you just cannot get past it it's, it's Unbelievable but what has happened through the first 82 games this year.
0: That's, it's sixty losses. It's remarkable. Well, and, and we, you know, we Torrey always comes on with us. He always uh, gets on Google Meets with us. Uh, he's the only manager Google. that does that. He's become a friend of the program. He is, I mean, he's a good manager. I, I hope he's not on the hot seat because, and I know with all the losing, but I, I think he's a really good manager. And I think Arizona, if they were to part ways with him, they would not be better for it.
2: I agree with you. I am a, I am a big Tori Lovello fan, and and a lot of it is because I just think he's, he's exactly the kind of person that you want to work for, right? Like, he's the kind of person you want to have as your boss. He has a high level of care about the people that he is around. Um, he, you know, he, he expects you to perform well, um, and he has expectations for you, and he's not afraid to call you out if you don't meet those. But I think he really is, you know, he wants that kind of effort and expects the effort. And with an effort, hasn't been the issue with the team that you, they have been trying. It's not like they've been getting blown out on a nightly basis. It's a lot of one run, two run blockers too. So yeah, I agree with you. I think there are a couple of things that, that just factor into their long-term with him. One, he's not under contract beyond this year, which makes it a little bit difficult. Two, he's got an extremely close relationship with Mike Hayden, the general manager. They are, close friends you know off the field as well and so I think that's a real positive for him in it but it, it's just been like I you know I've seen him wear it more this year than in any previous year and that that really pains me because I care about Tory, um and so like it's just it's rough to watch him go through it and really it's rough to watch players go through it I mean listen kind of you know voter right like yeah. even votes like one of everybody's favorite people right And just like talking to him about it, and like, just like, he's like, listen, it's not like we haven't, don't have energy and we're not trying. It's like, it's just incredible that it keeps happening. He's like, there's no way that this should be going on. And these guys are bringing energy and, and effort every night, and it's just not, you know, the execution isn't there, and, you know, maybe to some degree the talent level isn't there.
0: So the Dodgers are starting to put it together, obviously, and their bullpen's been, I mean, once their bullpen starts rolling, is this the time you think the Dodgers track down the Giants?
2: Um, That's a good question. So one thing that I've been kind of watching with the Dodgers that I think is interesting, I, I think they have some, some questions about the depth of their rotation, um, but they haven't really had multiple guys out at one time, right, where they've been tested. I do think, one of the things that tests them is their position player depth. You know, Seeger is out and not back yet. And they've had, they've had a number of injuries through there and they don't have guys like Jock Peterson and Kike Hernandez who they had a season ago, you know, or for years before that. And so they're a little thinner in that regard. So I kind of keep waiting for them to take control of the division and feel like they're, you know, they're the team that should take control of the division but I'm not entirely sure it's going to happen. And I'll tell you what, you know, I'm going to see the Giants again this weekend. This is the third time I've got a team to see them. I like their team. Like, I think I think they have some bullpen issues for sure, but it's a really good rotation. And I think Dave Kapler has evolved significantly as a manager in his ability to deploy his offensive players in a manner that puts them in the best position to succeed. And it seems like they have... There are some teams where you always feel like you're either a left-handed or right-handed bat short, just kind of depending on the situation. And to me, they always seem like they have a team that has the right guy to come up in the biggest pot that gives them the best advantage. And and I don't think that's just luck. I think some of that is is the construction of the roster. And I just think that they're – I think they're a better team than people realize, and they're going to be in that mix with L.A. and San Diego to the end.
0: Well, my favorite show, The Power Alley, on XM89. You can hear Mike Farron and Jim Duquette. Uh, Last question, did Jim ever get, now that Steve Cohen, the rich guy owning the Mets, did he ever get his Gucci loafers that he was once promised by the New York Mets? Oh,
2: no, there's no chance because the Wilpons weren't going to pay up.
0: <laughs> that was one of the best stories. Like, hey, wait a minute, Steve Phillips got yeah. the Gucci loafers. Why don't I get the Gucci loafers?
2: Yeah, yeah, he's still waiting. He's <laughs> gonna wait forever on those Gucci loafers. Well, and I... then like he's—I can see him like getting knockouts, knockoffs. You know what I mean? Like, and showing up at the All-Star game wearing the and being just like an embarrassment. For all
0: <laughs> that would be a girl. Well, we can't wait to see you, buddy. Hopefully, you will be soon. Knock down wood, man. Thank you. Be well, my friend. You too. Mike Farron from the D-backs and also the Power Alley MLB Radio. Well, I mean, he's here. A half hour with the face of the franchise. Do you have the open ready for this man? Panic. Wednesday is known as hump day for everyone during the work week.
2: But on A's Cast Live, Wednesday means one thing. It's time for 30 uninterrupted minutes with the two-time World Series champion, two-time All-Star, two-time Rawlings Gold Glove winner, A's analyst on NBC California, and the face of the
0: franchise, Ray Fossey. That's right, two-time everything. How you doing, Ray? I'm Jesus, loud. Uh, I'm fine. How you doing, buddy? Uh, when are they going to start winning in division?
1: <laughs> I don't know. That's a good question. Because
0: um, that's really, if you look at, like, the standings and you look at, you know, what's the problem? I mean, they're over 500 against the East. Yeah. They've dominated the Central. But they're under 500 against the West.
1: Uh, and that's not good, considering you're going to play them a whole bunch of times. Yes. You know? um, no, I, I, I really don't know. I I just think that, uh, you know, Fulton Evich was good last night. But. You know, the, giving up the home run to Solak late when you're within one run, um, and my my thinking all along has been that if you can have a game in which you're trailing in the ninth inning by one run facing and close, you got a chance to win a game. Win a game, you know, because there's so many things that can happen. But that home run by Solak made it a three-run game, and you know. Ian Kennedy all of a sudden, you know, here's a fastball, hit it, and two guys hit solos, and then once it got close, everything changed, you know. So uh, little things like that, but, um, you know, the one of the things that I was thinking about, Towney, and, you know, it occurs a lot that sometimes, it, and we talk about the, uh, the, the amount of information that is given to everybody. Um, I don't know that there are a lot of – people who actually watch this hitter swings now you as a pitcher you know you could watch a hitter swing you
0: could you watch where he stands in the box yeah but but is he up is he back yeah. is he
1: but all those things I think because of the scouting reports I think you're you're lacking those things now I I said it when the A's played the Rangers in Arctic and I said it last night there's a particular player I won't mention him but he has trouble with a high fastball and and it's almost like you, you say that. See, w- w- when I came up, it was that if you proved you could hit the fastball, forget it. You're not going to get it. You're going to get breaking pitches until you could prove you could hit those. Then, you know, it, it's kind of a maturation process to where you have to prove what you can do in certain situations. But, you know, I, I just think that, uh, for example, this one particular guy, um, on, on two-strike pitches, they sped up his bat, threw him a slow curveball double. Uh, another one sped up his bat, throwing him a changeup, double, both times driving in runs. And, you, you know, if you watch a hitter swing, he can't get around on a fastball. So why don't you stay with the fastball until he proves he can hit it? More than likely, he's not, you know, at this level because the scout reports. But, but I think to the point about, you know, watching a hitter swing, watch where he is in the batter's box. You know, it, it's funny. We'll have a, a center field shot where um, they'll show the catcher. And What is he doing? He's looking up to see if the catcher's looking back? Well, catcher can't look back and see what's going on, you know. So, you know, if if you move too quickly, yeah, you're going to you're going to help the hitter. But more times than not, that catcher should be looking at the hitter's feet because his feet will tell you what he's trying to going to be trying to do, you know. And you know, if that left foot, let's say he's a right hand hitter, that left foot opens up a little bit. He's look, going to look inside. So you pitch him away.
0: It's like Mark Hanna. Mark Hanna stands right on the plate, and he's daring you to throw it inside. I would never throw him inside.
1: No, you're you're right. And, and, you know, I've, I've seen hitters who do that, and, you know, they are doing exactly that. But the thing they can also do is cover about six inches off the plate outside because they are that close to the plate. But, you know, it, it's just a—it's kind of a lost art in a sense. So, you know, getting back to your original question about win, winning within the division, I think there are little things that ha- occur that when you see teams and you see players over the course of a lot of times, you know, there are tendencies that show up. You know, if you're a hitter, you have a, an idea of how you're going to be pitched, and you have to make those changes. And, and I think, on the other hand, you, you know, you, you need to make changes – Whenever you're playing defense and pitching against a certain team, and it, it's almost like, okay, I throw he, it, the, My biggest thing is change-up, change-up. Looks foolish. Throw him a fastball because <laughs> that's what he's looking for. Why not throw him another change-up? Oh, he can't do that. Why? He looks silly on two change-ups. Do you think he's looking for third change-up or breaking pitches and things like that? But it's almost like, they get a couple of strikes on a guy and it forget about how you got to the two strikes. It's like, okay, we got the two strikes. Now let's do something else. Why? You're trying to get him out with as few pitches as possible. So if you got him out on two fastballs on the outside part of the plate, why not go right back? See if he can hit it. So I, I, I just think, there's there's so much information that is given today that I think it is affecting the game, to the point that it's really taken away from a lot of things in the game that uh, that <laughs> I, I don't know. It, it's just changed. It's really changed to the point of the I, I think the information, which is good stuff. You know, it's good. Tell me what a pitcher throws, but you know, don't tell me he throws it 40 percent of the time or 60 percent of the time. And you're thinking, okay, is this the 60 or the 40? (laughs) You know, you don't want to be thinking like that. You'd just like to know what he throws and and maybe what his out pitch is, and let's go get him.
0: I'm worried that pitchers are pitching to the scouting report and not pitching to their own strengths. I agree, 100%. They're too concerned. And they also, it's been proven that they walk more batters when the shifts on, yeah. that's one of the dramatic things that and it was a great article. And I can't remember who the guy Cody, you remember the guy was from fan Yeah, then he went to work for the Mets and I don't even know if he's still with the Mets. The guy he they referred to this guy who worked at fan who proved that the shift as it take us, it give us back. Oh, yeah. Right. So what happens is it's taken away outs. But then again, you're walking more people. When you walk people, runs get scored. So sure. it really evens itself out. Now all of these GMs will tell you you're crazy. Our data doesn't say that because, you know, I, I always ask, and I've asked David Forrest this, I mean, what's your data say when you the shift gets beat? How yeah. often does that actually happen? Yeah. They don't like talking about that. But, you know, I just wonder how much, you know, are you worried about the scouting report of the player? You're trying to pitch to his weaknesses instead of your strengths and you may be pitching to the shift.
1: You know, that's a great point because I always said, as a catcher, what are the strengths of my pitcher? I don't care about the hitter because if my pitcher can pitch the way I know he can, I don't care what the hitter can do. Now, you know, we didn't have all the scouting reports. We didn't have all the videos to show what a guy was going to do in a particular, uh, on a particular pitch. But, you know, so basically – in the old school thing, which, again, people don't like to hear it, but, but the bottom line, you, you wanted to know your pitcher's strengths, and you also wanted to know the tendencies of the hitter. So you kind of mix and match along those lines. But, uh, but, but I, I agree with you. I, I think for anybody that tries to do that. Now, one of the things that Bob Melvin said, I, I, this was when the shifts kind of started, and, and there was a particular shift on a player. It was against the Angels. I can't remember who it was. But they shifted him, and he ends up getting an extra base hit, which brought up Albert Pujos, which definitely don't want to do that. His comment after, he says, I don't mind the shifts. He said, I just don't like to make a player better because of the shift. So you think about that. You think about someone who, that if you play straight up, you pitch accordingly. But like you said, if you're shifting this guy, you're trying to pitch accordingly to the shift, which I don't know that a lot of pitchers can do that. But I just think that it's a different time. The shifts are going to happen. And, you know, one of the worst things is to see a ball that is thrown and there's nobody on the right side, and here goes the guy. Hitting the ball to the right side.
0: Happened last night. Yeah. I don't remember which. I can look at my scorebook. But it happened last night against the A's where if Jed was playing straight up, it would have been an out. No,
1: I remember. It was it was a ball that was outside. I, I think it was, uh, it was a right-handed hitter, but it was a breaking ball on two strikes. And I guess they must have thought he was going to roll over on it instead. He hits the ball to the right side, opens up.
0: Was it uh, Kiner Faluffa? Was that it?
1: No, I don't think no, so. Where, no. where,
0: yeah, so a guy hit the ball yeah, but there last was night. That that it, it should have been. And usually I put beat shift on here, but <laughs> I, you know what I put? I put in my scorebook. <laughs> BS. BS. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Beat I, shift.
1: Yeah, I know. I know. But you know, you know, I, I think of the uh, from the financial standpoint. You know, you hear uh, the disclaimer at the beginning where the, they'll say, past performance does not guarantee future results. You think about a shift. A shift is predicated on what has already happened, right? Right. And, and you're hoping that your pitcher can pitch according to where the shift is right now. And, again, if, if that is the case, then you're trying to pitch away from the, uh, the pitcher's strengths to go to basically the way your defense is set up. Well, maybe that's not the way your pitcher should pitch or can pitch. So you're, you're just messing up, and, and there you go with the walks, the number of walks that occur as a result of that.
0: Yeah, I, I wonder, you know, if you ask most pitchers, like, how, how do you really feel about it? And you, you wonder if you could actually get into the front offices and see the data. Are you shifting just to shift, or is there really a justification? Yeah. Like, obviously, you take someone like, Joey Gallo, if the ball's going to be on the ground, it's probably going to be on the right-hand yeah, side. Yeah. I get that, Yeah. right? But, like, I think that's been, like, the big change in Matt Olson's game. I mean, we haven't seen it lately. But when Matt Olson got up over to 300, we saw him making that change right. to go to the right side. If you're going to give me that, you know, if you're only going to put one guy in 90 feet from third base to second base – he yeah. was taking advantage of that and hitting line drives. Lately, it's looked like he's pulling off the ball.
1: Yeah, well, it's it, things happen because he plays every day and, and changes. Scouting reports change, and so you have to change yourself. And so it's probably because guys, um, you know, you, you look out and you see the shift, but now all of a sudden you're not getting the same type of pitches to hit in or away from the shift and take the extra base hits or the the base hits to left field. In his particular case, with the shift to the right side, but. You know, you're right. Joey Gallo has a swing, and he's going to hit the ball in the air. I mean, it just his swing. He hits the ball to left field. He hits the ball to right center field last night, two home runs. But I, I just think it's um, – I, I don't know. I, I just think the game has changed. What was it? They, they shifted Ted Williams back in the 40s. McCovey. Yeah. But, I mean, it, it was rare. I mean, because guys just didn't – they use the whole field. Put it that way.
0: I, I hear they were so afraid of you, they put like five guys in the outfield. <laughs> Especially ah. when you face Nolan Ryan. Yeah. By the way, going on in New York right now, uh, something like you, you're like you think you'd ever see this in your lifetime. Shohei Otani is pitching and hitting leadoff against the against the Yankees. Problem is, he's already given up three runs in the first. Yeah. And who did we have on? Cody, I was talking about, uh, I don't think he's going to be a pitcher long-term. Bob Nightingale. Bob Nightingale from the USA yeah. Today. And I was like, I mean, if, if you could figure out. But his value is so much better as a guy that's playing every day yeah. versus not playing him every day and worry about him pitching every six days. And, like, now, you already got somebody warmed up in the bullpen in the first inning.
1: So, what happens? Now, one time, didn't Joe put him in right field when he took him out of a game that yes. he was pitching? But there are other times that he is taking him out and just then his him bats
0: out. have the lineup
1: exactly, and the yeah. guy's
0: got a bazillion home runs already, and, and, what, twenty-eight, I think it is,
1: and, and plus, plus the what the pitcher goes in that spot uh, because you you you're not using the DH, so basically it's Shohei Ohtani leading off and pitching, so he's he's the leadoff, so if he's replaced. And he doesn't stay in the game. Then the pitcher's in the leadoff spot.
0: I, I, if I'm Joe Madden, he's staying in the game. Well, yeah, someplace. He yeah. just walked another batter, so he just walked a runner in. It's now four-two, bases loaded, and here come, We'll see right now. Joe Madden's yeah. going to the bullpen, so Shohei Ohtani he doesn't even get out of the first inning. And, and and here's the other problem with it, Ray, is you base the whole rotation around him. Sure.
1: Now he led off. What did you What did you do leading off?
0: I, I didn't say <laughs> so, so, so he's go so, for one. Yeah,
1: so so he gets one A B and
0: he's coming out of the he's game. He's coming out of the game. So he's So you just you just took a guy out of the game in the first inning who's got twenty eight home runs. Amazing.
1: And playing in Yankee Stadium.
0: Playing in Yankee Stadium.
1: Which for him the whole any place in the park is is good for him, but especially in right field, which is short porch. But so, but but I think I think essentially what happens any time that spot comes up, it's a pitcher spot, and, and the pitcher who comes in the game, doesn't he have to go into that spot as the leadoff hitter?
0: Correct. Yeah. So, so that's what's happening right now. Yeah.
1: So essentially, that's what, no. But but I agree, and, and maybe as time goes, it, it's going to be exactly that where. Um, what, and the Angels scored two in the first and they gave up four in the first.
0: Oh, and it's not over. <laughs> not over. <laughs> 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 and it's not yeah. over. Um, yesterday, MLB Now, which is one of my favorite shows, and they, John Hart was on with Brian, uh, Brian um, Kenny. Kenny. I was about to say Kelly. Brian Kenny. And they had a great episode where they were building the cheapest team possible of good players. And. John Hart the former GM came with a came with a starting nine that was good players i think it amounted to like 13.3 million Total. but what they were saying is finding guys that instead of just looking at home runs walks right. finding guys that are good on defense finding guys who can run the bases guys that have more of an all-around game right. yeah. it's just not all hey let's get a bunch of bombers in there and, and let's see how it works yeah. there's something about guys they may not have the best I'll, do, I'll use the cliche, back of the baseball card. Yeah. But they're winning players. Yeah. They, they, they go first to third. They play good defense. They, they can handle the bat. Talk to that about guys that you played with. I think it Dick Green. Dick Green wasn't going to be right. somebody that you went, wow, look, look at his numbers. But he was a winning player.
1: But, but in a case like Dick Green, and you threw his name out there, Dick Green was great on a team that had Reggie and Rudy and Bando in tennis. So his defensive part of the game and what he did with the bat offensively at the bottom part. See, when when I was at Cleveland, I was catching and hitting fourth. I got traded to the Oakland A's, and I was hitting eighth catching in front of Dick Green. And that was it because it, it was a matter of those first six or seven guys for the offense. And obviously they could play defense as well, great pitching. But – you know, it, it was a matter of a double play combination, and Dick Green could – I mean, Dick Green could hit. He'd hit balls in the second deck during BP, but he just didn't care about hitting. You know, and that's the way he was. But he was a great, great second baseman. What you was
0: it? was it the Dodgers World Series that if he would have just gotten one hit?
1: One hit. <laughs> His MVP, yeah. No, the, the plays that he made and uh, – no, it, it's just tremendous. But you know what? You mentioned John Hart. You think back in the 90s, what he did. I mean, he was – I mean, if everybody could emulate what he did, the game, who knows where it would be right now. But he took a bunch of guys. I mean, it's something that you really have to know your personnel. He obviously did. He knew that that group of guys were going to be arbitration, free agency. They were going into Jacobs Field, a new stadium, and – they were great. I mean, they were winning the division every year and they were locked up because John Hart knew that their talent level was such that they were going to be good. Just like you said, as a group, they were all good. Not I mean, individually they were, but nobody stood out individually. Like you know, Manny Ramirez, for example, where Jim Tomey was on there. A you
0: know, young Manny yeah, Ramirez, yeah, a young right, Jim Tomey. Right. Uh yeah. then you'd like sprinkle in veterans like Eddie Murray yeah. and Albert Bell. But they had, like, Carlos Baerga, right. Kenny Lofton. That was – it's amazing, that team. I mean, they went to game seven with yeah. the Marlins. It's amazing that team never won a World Series. Well,
1: and you're right, and it is it is amazing that they didn't. But I think what John Hart did, a lot of teams have tried to, to copy him, but nobody's really been able to do what he did. And he locked those kids up, and they were together for a long time, and that's why they kept winning. Uh, I mean, when you have – uh, Roberto Alomar at second and Omar Vizquel at short. That's oh. a pretty good double play combination. <laughs> and so, so yeah, it, it was it was a good good club, and uh, it, you know it just goes to show you how hard it is to win a World Championship. That that you can just go through the uh, you you can go through the regular season, and all of a sudden you get in postseason, and it's, it's short series, and you better be on your best game. And unfortunately. You know, sometimes it just doesn't happen where teams do that.
0: Yeah, that's where Brian Kenny was, as, as he's a big Sabermetrics sure. guy. He's written his old uh, – by the way, uh, it's now 7-2 to two Yankees in the first inning over the Angels. Is he, he says he's starting to come around because of guys like John Smoltz who have said to him, hey, listen, to win in the postseason, there's these little things that you got to do. Yeah. So he says, I'm coming around from the standpoint of realizing it's one game. Yep. Every single time you play in a series, you have to view you know, cause if Bob Melvin's managing right now, he's gotta manage for today. Sure. And, you know, we've played seventeen straight. Yeah. We have then we've played sixteen straight. You have to manage knowing that you got a game not in the playoffs. Right. You're managing every single game yeah. like it's a game seven, because you're gonna get a day off because of travel sure. and television. So how you manage and how you play in the postseason is different in the regular season yeah. when you're playing, like, 16 out of 17 days.
1: And, you know, Tony, I've always believed that when you get to postseason, you're facing the best teams, the best pitchers. And those, those pitchers don't give up a lot of three-run home runs. They don't put guys on base in front of the home run. They may give up solos. But it, it's a whole different animal when you get to postseason because, you know, you, you think about during the regular season, you can lose 10 in a row. You still win the division. You try to lose in, in postseason, you lose three in a row, you're going home, you
0: know, in, in, in a division series. As your buddy, uh, the Hawk, would say, he gone. <laughs> he gone.
1: Yeah, or, or let's, let's say, you know, you have a, a record in which you have the wild card play in, which the A's are very familiar with that, and, and game five of the division series and all that. But you know what? I think what Mike Socha did in 2002, he, he had the ability, if he had players that hit, hit home runs, but he also had guys that go first to third. He had Sean Figgins and, uh, and David Eckstein. And, you know, they go first. Th- they even put it in their stat pack number of times they go first to third. They
0: were a great running team. They
1: were running. Yeah. And, but, but I think Mike realized, and maybe as a National League mentality, realize that you're playing for one run instead of sitting back and waiting for the three-run home run all the time because you're just not going to get them in postseason, especially the deeper you go, the better teams you play, the better pitchers you're facing, that you're not going to be given a, a lot of things. You almost have to manufacture and I think that's what Socia did in '02 for them to win the World Championship. Plus, they had some luck in it as well. <laughs> they, they, they were, you know – Maybe they shouldn't have won Dusty that one. Baker it. flipping that ball, <laughs> Russ Ortiz. Yeah, yeah. But you know what? Also, too, <laughs> the old theory about pitching inside in a short porch, when Spezio hit the three-run home run down the right field line, you know, why was Benito Santiago away, 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 away? Oh, let's go inside. And it's just like what we talked about at the beginning, where, you, you know, you're facing a guy. And he's trying to do one thing, and that's hit a three-run home run. He's going to react on a pitch inside, but you pitch him away, 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 away. And, you know, so I don't care if he fouls off 10, but he may pop up one to the left side. It's a weak pop-up. Game, you know, inning's over. Instead, oh, let's try to sneak a fastball inside. Forget it. You know, it's just a reaction. Boom, three-run home run. Changed the whole game. That was game, what, six, you know, of the World Series. So,
0: you know. You, know, you want a good story about that? World Series? So I'm working at KNBR, the Giants station. I had gotten an email from our our program director, and I've kept this email. And it says, for once, can you act like a Giants fan? Because I hate it. I I, I don't like the Giants. Right? But I'm on the World Series. So I'm at the World Series. Ralph Barbieri and Bruce McGowan are the late, great Ralph Barbieri. um, Was really, I know. Controversial, but yeah. off the air was a great man. Um, they're down. They're down in Anaheim. Larry Kruger, who's still there, and I were back in San Francisco. So I got this email, and I n- <laughs> I still have it. Can you? Once- so we go. So at it's game one, we're about to throw it to. Uh, was John Miller there then? I don't know if John Miller was uh. there by that point in two thousand two. Whoever we were throwing, to, it was like Ted Robinson, uh, Kipe, and Krug and. And so we go around, all right, prediction time. And they go around, because I'm, I'm actually kind of like hosting it. And I'm like yeah. the point guard. And they finally get to me, because, you know, it's Giants <laughs> at five, Giants <laughs> at six. I'll go angels in seven. <laughs> uh, <laughs> on the Giants pregame show, I picked wow. the angels in seven. <laughs> you know, now I think you know why I, I didn't. I you yeah. know I only worked there for ten years. <laughs>
1: no, but I mean, but that that I mean, just little things, and that just goes to show you right there, just the the little things that can happen in a World Series to where, you know, I don't know. I mean, you can put odds on who's going to do it and who's who's going to do whatever forget it you know throw the odds out the window because you know in reality when it comes down to it i i really think in postseason it's the little ball and people don't like small ball and all that kind of stuff but uh, you know the thing is if you don't hit and run you don't sacrifice you don't squeeze you don't do a lot of those things regular season you're not going to do them postseason nope and because, first of all, you've never done it all season, so why are you going to think about doing it then? So I, I think in, in some cases that certain situations, you, you, you play the regular season like it's postseason. You do things that maybe you shouldn't, and I wouldn't say shouldn't do, but maybe people don't expect you to do them, but you do them, and then all of a sudden you get postseason. We've done that before. You know, we know what that's like.
0: Well, you, you, you know what people understand, you know, when you think about football. Like if you get into a Super Bowl or you get into the playoffs and you're more a running team yeah. and all of a sudden you get down a few scores and now you got to start throwing the ball more that mm-hmm. you're not, you know, now everybody's in shock and throws it. But back right. in the day, if you got down a few scores and they, and you're not a great throwing team, you know, you, you get away. So that's the thing. It's like if you're a home run hitting team yeah. and you don't hit home runs in the postseason. Right. right. You know, how, how are you going to win?
1: Well, and, and, and again, I think home runs are hit on mistake pitches anyway. They, they happen because of mistakes that are made on certain pitches that maybe supposed to be in one location. It turns out to be it's not or it's a hanging breaking ball. That, but, uh, but, but I still think if you can do the little things to manufacture a run, a run is an important run. In postseason, one run is important. I mean, you're not going to have blowouts like you have during the regular season, you know. And I I think of Alex Rodriguez. Um, Look at how many home runs he hit, and look how many he hit in postseason, because he took advantage of the three, four, five pitchers, and the middle relievers. But get some postseason. How many home runs did he hit against the number ones and twos? Not that many. You know, he might have gotten into one every once in a while, but. By and large, he hit 700 700 home runs on against pitchers that they're saying, "Who are these guys?" He knew who they were
0: <laughs> cuz he hit them. <laughs> Let's end on this. Cody and I always get a kick when we look down from our perch here. Yeah. And we've been noticing a lot of your guys' generation jerseys. I know you guys showed it yesterday yeah. on NBC Sports California. You got to get a kick when you're seeing a Ray Fossey number 10. Yeah, yeah. Or a Reggie or a Rudy yeah. or a Raleigh. The old school jerseys are popping up a lot lately.
1: You know, they are. And of course, you can appreciate what clubs do and try to. And matter of fact, Major League Baseball wants teams to change so that they can sell more merchandise, you know, to yeah. make it available. And matter of fact, Artemarino, do you know what he did when he bought the club? Evidently they wanted their alternate jersey to be changed, the MLB did. He said, Nope. He said, These people paid a lot of money for that jersey and I'm not gonna have them have to buy more just because somebody wants to make more money. I want my people to have what they buy. They they had all had the caps, they had the jerseys, they had whatever they wanted to have. But uh you know it and is he's, and, of- and
0: he's got three million coming in a year. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll tell you that the, the it was the spring training, I don't it was a couple of years ago. And the rumors are, is Trout going to go back? And, you know, he's from he's from Jersey. Yeah. Will he play for the Yankees? And I remember we were over um, playing them, and they're in Tempe, right? Yeah. And I got done with the pregame show, and I'm walking around the ballpark, and I go over to their team store, and I walk in. Everything's Trout. Yeah. You name it, every, every every jersey, shirzy, They got the hat with the trout fish yeah, on it. Yeah, yeah. I'm going. This guy's going nowhere. <laughs> Everything's trout. It's yeah. not. It's not pool holes. Yeah. It's not. It was. There's no way they're letting this no, guy go.
1: No, no. He he's he's going to be there as long as he wants to play. Well, of course, his contract's going to going to keep him there. But uh, no, I, I think Artie Marino is smart enough to know that. I mean for what he did in, in in lowering the prices of of concessions and souvenirs and all those things when he bought the club because I mean you you go into Anaheim it's a sea of red under normal circumstances yes. you know
0: and, and it's back to being that Yeah
1: exactly so I mean it's uh it, it's a fun time but you know it's still a great game I just wish sometime they just leave it alone <laughs> It's not going to happen but it'd be no. it'd be nice but it, but it's also nice to look down and And see the jerseys, like I said, because uh, it does bring back a lot of great memories.
0: Problem is, I was going to get one for Cody. He wouldn't fit into it.
1: Well, maybe you could lose some weight.
0: Well, we'll see. (laughs) We'll see. (laughs) We'll we'll, we'll see. Ray, have a great – well, I'll talk to you in about –
1: 47 minutes. Robert Costa just – Sent me a text. Oh, I'm sure he did. <laughs> Robert's back, <laughs> so I just, I have it. I just thanks.
0: Because <laughs> <laughs> it's not like we do this every day. <laughs> All right, coming have a good up. One. Coming up next, the great Shooty Babbitt, right here on A's Cast Live.
1: A's Cast Live continues from Ricky Henderson Field. Here's Chris
0: Townsend. I sure hope you had the over in the game between the Yankees and the Angels. Because this thing is I, – I, this will easily – unless something dramatically changes, this is going to be a four-hour game. It's 7-3 to three in the second inning. We need to find what the over was. I mean, they're at 10 already with two runners on for the Angels. They're just in the top of the second inning, and it's 7-3. to three.
3: Yeah, I, um, I'll have to look. I, I don't know if they post – well, yeah, they, they, I guess they do post the – Over unders on the runs, they do. Yeah, Yeah. I don't know what the what uh, what it is, but I'm not a big uh, not a big over unders guy.
0: Well, you better become because
3: you know we're going to start talking more about it. Well, we have been. We we didn't do it yesterday, and I didn't really prepare much (laughs) for that today. Sorry, I didn't do my. I mean, I know about Colby Allard, the the left hander for the Rangers, former Braves prospect, but uh, yeah, I'm sure the over under. I don't know. Oh, Tony was pitching. They probably didn't think they were going to score that many runs. His ERA went from like two. I haven't been buying or selling what his ERA was. I don't know where my sheet went. You should text Bob Nightingale and say you're right. Yeah, he was. He, he, he said it before everyone, but his ERA was under two, under two, uh, two and a half, and it's it's like three point six now after the seven runs allowed today for uh, Otani, oh, and he's not even in the game anymore, as you no. got you and Fosse were talking about.
0: Yeah, it's uh, they got they got what you call a dilemma. Well, I mean they have no, they have no starting pitching, none. that has been well, their problem for years. He's supposed to be the guy. Yeah. One guy? He's supposed to be your front line. This guy's an ace. He's got the stuff, but the stuff has not translated. Well,
3: you want to know what else is embarrassing today? And we'll talk about it in What is selling. his ERA
0: now? 3.6. So if he ends up losing this game, what was his record going into the game? Three and one, I think. Three and two with a three point six ERA. Oh, 3 and two. Okay. So three and two with a three point six zero ERA, but yet you got 28 home runs, and now you're sitting in the clubhouse.
3: Yeah. Uh, what else is embarrassing today before we hit the, get to shooty? The Cubs went up 7-0 in their game against the Brewers. Oh, how about my brew crew? You know what
0: the final score was? Uh, I think they scored like 14 or something no, like that. Wrong.
3: 15 unanswered unanswered runs scored so, by – ta- do, don't you dare say you're Brewers. I told you they would win the division like I do every year. And you go, no. Everyone goes, the, the, the Cardinals are going to win the division. They got Nolan Arnauto.
0: The Cardinals are under five hundred. All right, slow down. Long way to go for my Cubbies. The Cubs are they're like they're like six back now. Okay, hey, hey, what? They're like six back. Hey, right?
3: Is it six? The Cubs don't need Schwarber. They don't need you, Darvish. They're six games back.
0: It's all right.
3: Look, look at this. Pir- hey, my Pirates still got a chance. Ju- it's
0: not even July. Pirates, I mean, Pirates are only eighteen back. You are crowning somebody in June. Yeah, well,
3: hey, remember when we always said Brewers have no pitching? Corbin Burns and Brandon Woodruff are pretty good.
0: I I'm calling it now there will be a collapse in Milwaukee and the Chicago Cubs will catch them. Mark that down June 30th at 509 the Milwaukee Brewers will end up gagging and in September when they can't call up 8000 guys mm-hmm. it will affect them. Mark it mar- check the tape as they no, like to say. This
3: isn't radio. Oh, okay. uh, check uh, the stream. Uh You're saying they're you're they're going to gag like like B- Dylan Bundy or Oh wow,
0: that's <laughs> too soon! Shots fired, <laughs> poor, poor, poor Bundy, <laughs> yakking in front of thirty thousand people. Think, think
3: about this: that's two start, two out of the three. Wait, how many, no, Andrew Heaney only went like two, and a, two and two thirds. They had three starts where their guys didn't go three innings for them.
0: Will a position player over and under a position player buying or selling a position player will pitch in this game?
3: Oh, buying! In, the, in the, one of the Brewers games, Brewers Cubs games, they had two position players pitch. One of them was Eric Sogard. He got checked. For foreign substances when he came off the mound.
0: Are you serious? Are you kidding me? Oh, my God. That's peak absurdity with all this. Eric Sogard is using spider tack. (laughs) Come on. And by the way, I love – hey, for all you people, yeah, you people, and your integrity of the game, how's the integrity of the game when two position players pitch? Not one, but two. And you're worried about the integrity of the game? Well, it uh –
3: There was another one, too. The Orioles caught up a 33-year-old knuckleballer. Did you see that? And he got checked for for his foreign substance. He's a knuckleballer. What's he putting on the ball? It's not supposed to spin.
0: No. That'd be, like, the worst thing. That's, again, peak absurdity. Yeah. As a knuckleballer. You want the ball not to be spinning. Yeah, you don't
3: want it to move. <laughs>
0: you want it to come out of your – It's it's how you, like you dig in your knuckles in the way you, – because you don't even fully throw it. You like almost try and stop as you're releasing it to give it that kind of knuckling action. Yeah. You don't want it going you spinning.
3: Don't, you don't want a spin rate.
0: <laughs> no, you want zero spin rate. So why would like the grip of spider tack – no, you should be checking like for – an emery board or for somehow how you can slice it so where he can dig his knuckles in that's how a knuckleballer cheats for god's sakes and shooty babbitt you know we love shooty you see him on tv a's pre and post game live he's one of the top scouts in all of major league baseball and we're lucky that he's with the oakland athletics he joined us earlier today on a's cast live Is it true, Commander Cody, we have finally been able to connect with Shooty Babbitt. He has left the bushes, and he's back here in Oakland ready to rock. Shooty, how are you?
4: County, I am doing fantastic. If you just pay attention to the news and see how difficult travel is for a lot of people, and um, thank goodness uh, I have not one thing to complain about. I got a chance to go see some good baseball, uh, fortify a whole lot of – Um, work that we've been putting in and man it's just good it's a great time of the year Uh, guys cliques are broken the levers popping on the glove um, and baseball is in full effect right now
0: and we know talking to david force that he is starting to engage in conversations with other organizations. You are out in the bushes. Uh, Tell us what this time of the year is like to where you kind of have an idea who your partners, who the buyers, who the sellers are, and it's like your job to go out and kind of look at other organizations and and report back saying guys you like and guys you don't like, correct?
4: Typically the season for the minor league started April 1st, but this year was pushed back to May 1st. Um, because of the things that have happened um, in the pandemic. But when they said play ball May 1st, you know, we were all in four-point stands and we were ready to charge the line. Uh, And and that's what we've been doing. Uh, Spring training, a lot of people uh, do a lot of different things during those times. A lot of times relationships and uh, conversations are built in those type of arenas. You never know where it might take place, but identification, understanding rosters, understanding where teams' directions going at that point matters a lot right now because if you paid attention to the type of fruit that's on their tree, you'll know what is right to be picked right now. And I think it all comes from how you plow in the garden and how you water and how you get it ready and just be ready to pick your fruit because you know where the right ones are.
0: I think uh, how much baseball you have seen over the years did you notice any rust on some of these players who essentially didn't play for almost a year and a half
4: i think that because we're in uncharted waters uh a lot of things you have to base um is their body of work if they have a history if we're talking about a young player now a kid that was probably 23 you may have to pay a little more attention and give them a mulligan for a year it's kind of like a high school kid if you will for me to or a college kid that's getting a chance to go back and, and and play as that age would would have allowed them if they were that age at this time so um i i just think you have to pay attention to detail i think work ethic i think uh history i think relationships. i think numbers i think uh it's so many things going to play i mean just Scouts, people, you see people, they see in the sense, oh, man, I wish I had your job. Um, Let me tell you something. I thank God every day for the job that I have. But don't think that I'm just sitting up here working on my tan and see how chocolatey I can look at the end of the day. (laughs) I'm sitting up here paying and teaching everything that's going on around me because the best scouts, in my opinion, have great ears and great eyes. And as long as you can do that as a scout, there's a lot to be learned.
0: Just, you know, in the end, how great is it to see these young men back doing what they do? It's, it's, it's like they got their career taken away from them. And when, when you lose it for a year and a half, it's got to be so tough because so many of these guys, they weren't at the alternate site. So they had to figure out a way to stay in shape, a way to keep working out together. Just speak to just how great it was traveling around the country and seeing these young men getting their careers back.
4: Johnny, you know, <clears throat> I'm a baseball man, so, uh, and if anybody disagrees, you know, i arm wrestle you about it. I mean, that's just, that's, I've been doing this all my life, and I've been so blessed to be able to, to live my entire life doing something that I like to do. When I look at these young men, I think about back in the day when, during the off season, we had to work at the mall. We had to do whatever we had to do to make ends meet until the season came the next time. Uh, it's taken away from you at that time. And the one thing that you have to do is everything you possibly can to get ready because you know the opportunity is going to present itself in the next season. Everything that happens bad is not always bad. There's a lot of good that can come out of it. Um, these young men um, who have had the benefit of having a lot of things that a lot of guys did not have to their um, advantage to get them that opportunity, no matter who you were, whatever your social status, your skill set, Whatever your accomplishments were, it was taken away from everybody on this earth. And if you didn't take notice of what you had and what you would cherish, if you got another opportunity to have, that's what I saw on the faces of those young kids. Out there working, having a great time, the camaraderie. You see guys on the field all the time, man. It's, uh, it, 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 it was good to see for sure.
0: You know, I think of all the great young talent that we're seeing in baseball, just tremendous athletes. Are you seeing a lot of that when you're out there scouting in the minor leagues, some just unbelievable athletes?
4: You know, County, I can't sit up here and say that I'm seeing incredible athletes because when you do, when you see a C.J. Abrams, who was the number one draft pick for the San Diego Padres, and you watch. The things that he do because it all depends on what you consider a, a incredible athlete is. When I sit there and there was an old great scout that worked for the A's, the uh, Cardinals. He's a band scout for a long time. His son works for the A's now, uh, and he would always say, he says, "Shooty," and his name is Joe Sparks. He would say, "Shooty," those good players, those great players those guys have a chance to be really good, they make you say, wow. And when you see those guys, when you see that swing, when you see that great body, when you see those guys can slow the game down at an early age, normally you see two or three of those guys possibly on a ball club. But the game is not just flooded with those kind of players. That's why it's so great when a ball club drafts a kid gets an opportunity to develop this guy around the game. No, everybody on the team can't be stars. We need the game to be played. They need to be competitive. These are the guys that give those guys a chance to be great because go up a level each year, have success, get your game tested against age, more competitive skill. And then when you get there, you know you belong there. So... When you get them, when you get the chaplains of the world, when you get the old of the world, when you develop these guys in your system and they make it, man, they're special. There's a lot that goes in it. So you got to sign a 1,000 of them to get a great one, man. And, you know, that's not always the answer. So uh, I, I have nothing but respect for the people that work in the game and do everything that they do to try to develop these kids, to t- try to acquire these guys because, man, You know, if it was just a no-brainer, you know, the Anaheim Angels wouldn't have got Mike Trout. The Oakland A's wouldn't have uh, got a Ricky Henderson. I mean, because it's a lot that goes in it, bro. So, um, but to answer your question in short, I've seen a few, uh, but not those great athletes that you're talking about.
0: You know, when I I think about our post-game show and people call up and go, oh, the A's need to get pitching. Well, yeah, everybody needs pitching at this time of the year. It's not as easy as you think. Just talk about, you know, relievers are big keys at the deadline, no question. But every, every, everybody, all the buyers pretty much want the same thing. Yeah, and
4: you know, I have my <clears throat> excuse me my own opinion uh, on the pitching side of things and how the game is evolving with pitchers and stuff right now, and I think it's great, uh, but. When you live in in an era right now when we're in a relievers uh, type of world, when pitchers commonly don't go five innings, and when they do, I mean, it's like almost they're getting tackled when they get to the dugout because it's like this great achievement. So the strain on the bullpen is so bad, and typically guys that are in the bullpen is because they cannot start because no one has guys sitting in the bullpen that could be starting for that club. So typically, that guy has command issues. He doesn't have uh, a, a, a whole repertoire of pitches, or he can't pitch. He's more or less a thrower. And typically, these guys just throw their arms out. So you know what's happening right now, all of that throwing and everything and not being able to uh, do the things that they've been able to do with the baseball on a throwing side of it. county. It's like a curveball. It's been the most incredible conversation I've had with so many pitchers. I'm a hitter to the bone. I tell Stu all the time. I just started liking you, brother. So (laughs) (laughs) you guys, you guys are so smart. Let me ask you something. Can can you teach a guy how to throw a curveball? Of course. And they'll say, a lot of them will say, yeah. I said, well, how come more of them don't throw it? And they said, well, it's because they can't. No, 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 no. I always felt that you were born with the ability to grip that baseball, and it was built in your wrist and able to be able to spin the baseball. You have to be able to spin, and it's a natural gift. We weren't all supposed to be born the same to be able to do all the same things. That what make the game of baseball so great, and other sports as well. So now God's going to have to learn how to pitch, man. You you, you can't overpower life. Sooner or later, you're going to come up short. <laughs>
0: It's amazing. Well, yeah, I mean, I mean at this level, everybody's looking for guys that are all very similar where they're all big guys coming to that bullpen shooting and they're all throwing a hundred miles an hour.
4: Well, but guess what? Because of the emphasis on bullpen pitching and uh, developing guys to throw one and two innings, there will always be a conglomeration of them all over the place. Now, the, the challenge of organizations of finding guys that were starters, guys that had success somewhere else that may go to another uh, place, guys that are pitching well at the AAA level, that you could ride that wave until that wave flattened out. So it's um, creativity, understanding what's out there, knowing rosters and players is more important than anything right now because, like you said, everybody's looking for the same thing, Townie. Um How much homework and how much you know these guys, and how much dreaming can you make come true right now is going to be key.
0: Well, and, and let's end on this because I try and tell people that so many of these guys are not being given an opportunity to ha- have a chance to go deep in games down in the minor league. So when you see like a a hot shot prospect and he's starting every five days, talk about the limit that is on them. They're not allowed to go deep into games.
4: Well, I think the special ones um, do because what happens, uh, those guys that pitch every fifth day, and you know that, uh, they're not uh, high-volume innings. They're not high-pitched bats. These guys go out there, get their work in. They know how to pitch the contact. They know when to execute their secondary. They have a feel for pitching. They have an idea of how to go out and execute a game plan, and they're special. So when you start talking about the maximization on their arm, uh, you, you don't have to worry about that. That's what makes those guys so special. And, I, I you know, I am what I am, and I was rooted, you know, with the Atlanta Braves as a scout, and I was so blessed to come up as a scout watching Glavin, Maddox, and Smoltz. And I you've probably heard me say that a zillion times. But for me, that's the gospel. And I watched three guys just carve guys up right into the Hall of Fame until one guy said, okay, I'll take mine down to the bullpen and become a Hall of Fame closer as well. So if I'm going to mirror myself after something that is great and can create longevity, I don't know why they're not those type of videos and that type of talk all over baseball because as far as I know, Townie, back in the day, if you pitch down in the strike zone, a hitter can't do anything but hit the ball on the ground or in the hole. But if you're up in the zone, that was a mistake, and you would pay the price. Establish a reasonable strike zone. Make pitchers pitch reasonably in the zone. If they execute a pitch, I don't care who you are. As far as certain pitches, are, you cannot do it. So that brings trickeration. That brings creativity. That brings activity. And that brings more curiosity in the game and more excitement. So until you get these guys out the stretch, and every pitch that they throw, one, two, three. Let me show you the ball to you. I mean, come on, man. Hey, really?
0: Hey, Mark DeRosa recently said on MLB Network when he was playing with the Braves, he said when you would see Leo Mazzoni, and he's coming back from the bullpen with either Maddox, Glavin, or Smoltz, and they'd have a towel around around their shoulder. He's like, he's like, man, this is the big leagues. You know, when you were going out to battle and you had one of those guys, you're like, it doesn't get any better than this. Yeah, I mean, this is the show. When, when you're ready to prepare to go to battle with, like, a Greg Maddox or, or a John Smoltz.
4: Bottom line, man. I mean, just true winners. Um, and it's something that you just love to watch. I mean, you're talking about poetry in motion. Okay, people gave Eric Gregg a tough time about his horrendous – strike zone uh rightfully so but you know what he established himself to be bad and you know what tom Glavine did to that bad umpire strike zone and it was just just the way you do it so um that's how the game used to be uh, I, I i know it's different now but so many changes have changed things and if it's, if it's for the better i'm all for it but you tell me you know it's what what is what has changed pitching so much that's made it better than what it was man i i just i don't know bro it is it it, it, it it so we are in a reliever um game right now and look here's last man standing bro
0: hey uh <laughs> when, when are we gonna see you on tv uh friday can't wait can't wait to see those suits <laughs> hey buddy it's always great to have you on the program can't wait to see you tonight
4: county always an honor to be on man go let's go oakland
0: the great shooty babbitt right here on a's cast live so are you telling me that at six o'clock today the president of the athletics dave cavill is going to join nbc sports california for a half hour is that no commercial breaks
3: I don't know about no commercial breaks, but, I mean, you got to make your money somehow. But it's what I'm seeing. Tune into Ace pregame live tonight to hear from at Dave Cavill. And I'm just reading the tweet verbatim. That's Ace President at Dave Cavill as we, he provides an update on the new ballpark proposal, 6 p.m. NBC Sports California. Now, the tease ahead to Friday. We're talking to Dave Cavill tomorrow, and you'll get to hear that interview on Friday with us. As we wait for it, return to the field for the first time since... The AL wildcard. No, the day before the AL wildcard game because ESPN wouldn't let us be on the field <laughs> for the wildcard we game. We were
0: in Championship Plaza when we, for the. When we met, when we became good friends with who that day? That would be the commissioner of baseball. Yeah, the
3: commissioner of baseball. You guys might know him, Rob Manfred. You've heard of him? Yeah, he has a pretty big job. So that's when we became friends with him because uh, uh, you know we weren't allowed to be on the field. But the day before, though, was pretty awesome. Uh, remember, that's when we met Sarah in person. Matty Vaskersen was here, uh, the voice of the Angels. Long time A's fan, voice of the Angels. Yeah, so it was, it was a lot of fun. So we're, we're going to be back on the field Friday for the first time since 2019. Looking forward to that. David Force will be on the f- field with us. We're efforting Matt Olson.
0: You know, I wonder if A's fans, not A's fans, if Angels fans, because, you know, we do the, uh, the big three. Big three race, the big three race, and he announces, "Hey, it's Matt Vasgersian, longtime A's fan, MLB Network." I wonder if Angels fans knew that that gets played all the time here at the game. How they would, uh, how how would they receive that? I mean, I mean, do, do you think Angel
3: fans know that Matt Vasgersian calls the games from his I think house? These are New people New Jersey, that or? have
0: rally monkeys, so I have no <laughs> idea what they know from a standpoint of. Matt Vaskers, and I'm sure they just know him as the MLB guy. I I, I bet he's not on the broadcast with Mark Gubazaw talking about how he's such a huge Oakland A's fan and grew up here in the Bay Area. That's true. Right. I, I, I want
3: to play this buying or selling question for you, so let's get to it.
1: It's time for buying
3: or selling.
4: So, so. Right now
3: with Chris Townsend on A's Cast Live. Well... Things got juicy in the uh, in the White Sox-Twins game yesterday. And, well, it wasn't because of uh, uh, things getting heated because the uh, the Twins are playing well. I'm just going to play you a, a home run. And I want you to listen to something very closely. What happened at the end of the call. This is a Josh Donaldson two-run home run of Lucas Giolito in the first inning. The call courtesy of uh, Bali Sports, Minnesota.
2: Rip to left field, hit well, and back and gone. And Donaldson
3: jump starts the twins with a two-run, first inning home run. Well, if this is a, this is how you want to send a message going into a series against the first place team, and Donaldson did just that. You know, he was very vocal in team meeting they had a couple of days ago, and he hit a home run after that. And here once again. So I don't know if you heard that or not, but at the very end, Donaldson said, not sticky anymore. So shots fired at Lucas Giolito. Now, he's been one of baseball's most outspoken sluggers when it comes to pitchers using sticky substances, which the league has recently started cracking down. I remember with the incident with Garrett Well, After the game, Lucas Giolito had this to say about your good friend Josh Donaldson. He's a
2: pest. You know, that's kind of a classless move. If you're going to talk talk to my face. You can go, you know, cross home plate and do all that. Just come to me. No, it's just annoying. We won. The W's next to my name there in last place. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so Shots fired. Hold right, on. It
3: gets better. It gets better. So Josh Donaldson responded to Giulio. He was unavailable to speak after the game, of, of course. But Donaldson spoke today on the Zoom call, and he said uh, Donaldson responded to his comments saying, um, if, we're going to, if we're going to talk about class, what side are you going to choose? Are you going to take the side of somebody who's playing the game fair, or are you going to take the side of somebody who probably cheated? Now, I guess Ozzie Gian said something about because uh, he does pre and post on the White Sox.
0: Ozzy Gian? Ozzy
3: Gian does, yeah. So wow. here's what uh, have the Oz- mighty fallen. He goes, "This is what Ozzy no said." No offense. I'd let one, I'd let one go. Hit him in the ribs, Ozzy. Uh, that's what he said. Here's what Josh Donaldson said. Ozzie Gian, you were under a career, you were under a career 700 OPS hitter, man. You were, uh, you were a three-time All-Star and you had an under a 700 OPS. My worst season in the big leagues is 150 points higher than that. That is also coming from a man that loves Fidel Castro. That's, that's where we're taking advice from. What are we doing around here? You know, like, come on. People need to start realizing that you talk about 95, 98-mile-per-hour fastballs getting thrown at people's ribs and seeing guys from New York say that, that bleep about me. Oh, hit him in the ribs. Hey, I'm just trying to make the game fair. I don't make the rules. Buying or selling Josh Donaldson is becoming a pest.
0: Or or a villain, I'm selling. I will always stick up for my man JD. But you know what? That's the gamesmanship, right? I mean, that's kind of the fun part. And you know, we'll see what, what, what time they, they've got to be playing already by now,
3: right? Yeah, they are. I don't know <laughs> what the score is, but apparently it was going to get. They were saying how it was going to be very interesting, and um, I, I just loved at the end of the Giledo, uh audio where he what what the, at the very end where he mentions. Uh, let me let me see if I can get to it.
0: Well, the the thing is, nice. Giolito's right.
1: He's a f-ing pest.
3: They're in last place.
0: I mean, <laughs> they're in last they place. They stink. I got the
3: W and they're in last so, place. So, I mean,
0: uh, Donaldson <laughs> can say what he whatever he wants. Their team stinks. And then oh, the old team meeting thing is so tired. oh na- 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 oh, oh we all met, so now we're going to play good. Now, now we're going to. Oh. They have just started, so they'll see. Who had a t- Wait, who had the team meeting? The Twins. Oh, stop! Who yeah. cares? Not the team meetings are. We're so tired. Yeah, they're in third place. It's fine. They're done. They're going to be sellers.
3: Yeah, they're, they're Buying
0: or selling? Josh Donaldson will be traded. No, selling because no one's going to want that contract. One of you, one if the twins are going to eat part of it. Uh, maybe, but. I mean, they're 33 and 44, 12 and a half games back. Yeah, I don't, no one's going to that contract.
3: But if they, if you eat some of it, maybe you will.
0: I mean, he's, what, 35, though. I mean, think about it. I mean, but he can still play. Yeah. One of you, I mean, somebody gets hurt, you have a need, they're going to kick in some cash for it, and some pro- We're out of here? Yeah, we got to go. What time am I on? 540. Oh, my God. The show goes by so fast. All right. We want to thank Shooty Babbitt, Ray Fossey, and Mike Farron from MLB Radio on Sirius XM. For me on XM, it's channel 89, and also the Arizona Diamondbacks. Are we just going to play commercials up to A's total access? Thank you for listening, everybody. We'll be back in moments.
1: This has been
2: a presentation of the Oakland Athletics.